the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Tuesday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damien Collado and Alicia Quibido. Hey, Good guys. Morning. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Happy morning. Tuesday. Oh, it is a good Tuesday. Yeah. It's still a little chilly out. Uh, it's wonderful. I love it. I'm certainly not complaining. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. Today is the Feast of the Memorial of St. Francis. I love St. Francis of Assisi. He's just such a wonderful, yes. wonderful man and a wonderful state to pray for uh, his intercession. So let's start this morning with prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh God, by whose saint, whose gift St. Francis was conformed to Christ in po- poverty and humility, grant that by walking in Francis's footsteps, we may follow your son and through joyful charity come to you be united with you through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Joyful charity. Yep. Joyful charity. That was, if you've Mm -hmm. seen the Mother Teresa movie, Mother Teresa, No Greater Love, that is what you see. Joyful charity. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. We have a full show for you today, starting off with Anna Camacho. She joins us. She's the owner and maker of Corda Candles, and she's going to talk about her wonderful business, which was so popular during our drive time. We're actually going to be talking about it again. So these candles smell so delicious, and they're based on saints. They smell really good, and they're just I just love them. So, and they're made by a Catholic businesswoman. So Anna's going to be joining Damien to, to give us details about that. Debbie Shelley joins us in 18 minutes. She is the associate editor of the Catholic Commentator. And today she's going to give us an update of what you're going to be finding in this week's issue in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. So stay with us for that. In 35 minutes, Michael Acaldo joins us. He's the president and CEO of St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be giving us his monthly update. And in 48 minutes, Matthew Pinto joins us. He's the founder of the Genesis Group, and he's going to be talking about, get this, you guys, the Catholic Crypto Conference 2022. Now, um, I don't know if you guys do that, but uh, it's so interesting. (laughs) So we're going to find out. I'm going to learn something. Yeah, you said Crypto or Crisco? Crypto. Oh, crypto. I got them all wrong. Crypto. Oh, Catholic crypto. No, I Cryptocurrency. Yes. So we're going to be talking about that. Crypto is going to be great in a currency. Yeah, I guess right. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's we did that part. 
That's way beyond me. <laughs> right. Okay, well, we're going to learn more. Okay. We're going to okay. learn more about that, okay. yes. Um, and <laughs> But uh, real quick, Damien, the weather, and we're also yes. one week away from our fall drive time. We'll be revealing the guests here shortly on what we can expect next week. Well, I tell you what, the weather is continuing to be fabulous. That's all I can say. It's been a great week and a half, two weeks, and we've got another week and a half or so to go. Uh, it looks like the forecast will continue this way. Clouds will roll in this afternoon, but don't get worried. Winds are coming out of the north-northeast at about 5 to 10, which is giving us some of that cool temperatures that we're experiencing. The weekend, we got a cool front coming in, so it's even going to go in the low 80s instead of the upper 80s. Temperatures in and around the area, pretty much 69 in New Orleans, 61 in Baton Rouge, home of Thibodeau at 64. In Gulfport, it's 63, and in Mandeville across the lake, 62 degrees. It's just beautiful out there. Get out there and enjoy it. It's 5 after on a Tuesday morning on Wake Up. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 10. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. Thank you, Father Chris. Eight after the hour on a Tuesday morning. So glad you could join us. Welcome back to Wake Up. And we are rolling right along right now. We have as our special guest, Miss Anna Camacho. Anna is the owner and maker of Corda Candles. And if you've never smelled these candles, mm. as Gabby said just a little while ago, they're delicious. <laughs> and uh, she, they're known as the Sense of the Saints and and. To, rather than me try to describe it, I'm gonna. We're gonna go to the the person who created it, and I don't even know how she does it. But Anna, good morning, and welcome to Wake Up, and tell us all about how you go about making these candles. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Damien. So good to be with you. Happy feast day. Happy yes, feast. yes, Saint Francis. Yes. Before we wrap up, I want to get into a little bit of Saint Francis in his scent. But but tell, oh, wonderful. tell us uh, that this process of making candles is not the kind you're going to find in Walmart. And I want people to understand that. OK, these scents burn all the way through. And there's a process that you go through. I think it's like as many as 30 steps to get your candles right. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. And yeah, I appreciate all the kind words about the candles. What we want to do in order to honor these holy men and women who have gone before us through these candles is just first off make a great candle right i mean if, mm-hmm. if it is tied to a saint but you don't really enjoy using it it's kind of what's the point so we handcraft every single one um i custom blend the scents and each scent is directly tied to a scene and so it really starts with them it really starts with their life and their heart and how God particularly loved them, how they particularly loved God, and then I translate the life of the saint into a special scent for them, and, and we put that in a candle. Yeah, and a lot of prayer goes into that, too, that people don't know. 
It does. And one of the, the things that I've found just having done this for several years now is there's the prayer that we all do where we kind of take time apart, right? Like Christ would himself would take time apart for prayer, but then there's also the prayer that we do in the physical making of the candles. Uh, if you think of St. Joseph, right, in his mm-hmm. carpenter shop and how that work was a prayer or um, St. Zelie Martin, you know, with her lace making business and the work that she did to provide for her family was a prayer and crafting something, you know, being creative and, and the way that that reflects God himself, the creator, like the work itself is a prayer, if that makes sense, too. Oh, yeah. So it's not it's not kind of a one and done, like, oh, I've prayed. <laughs> yeah, you don't <laughs> like, just pray. And, oh, and, it's and all the way through. People ask me, how come I love yard work so much? They don't realize it, that it's my form of prayer when I'm working in the yard. Oh, and I'll, I'll spend two, three, four hours trimming hedges and edging and pulling weeds, and I just love it. And it's it's a, a form of prayer for me and therapy too, I guess, as my wife says. Uh, but but with that being said, w- share with us why you you are partnering with us again uh, for Drive Time, our big fundraiser each and every uh, year and in the fall. Uh, you're going to be a partner with us uh, come next week. Yes, we are so honored to be able to to partner with you all again. I think Catholic Radio is one of the the most important things for us today in the sense of it's it's there for everyone like it can be present it's accessible um you know the the truth is is being spoken in a way that the world can hear and i think um that for you all too like you just give so much of your to the radio station, to the community around you, and we're so grateful for all the beautiful programming that you offer that we just want to say thanks and, and support it in whatever way we can. Well, we appreciate that, and uh, as people, as we get closer, when you tune in to Drive Time, if you make a donation of $50 or more, you're going to be able to receive a sampler set mm-hmm. of her candles, which are six small candles, but it gives you the opportunity to really experience the scents. You and I were talking last week. You were working on a scent for St. Francis in honor of his feast day today. How's that going? <laughs> it is going. Oh. Sometimes the scents come together right away. Sometimes, you know, they need a lot more prayer. <laughs> Um, his is, it's going to be beautiful when we get it right. Let's, let's leave it there. You're still working on it then. Okay. Okay. No, I understand. Now I got to touch on, uh, by the way, let's plug this real quick. If people want to get your candles, where do they go? They can go straight to our website. It's cordacandles.com. And it's great. I mean, the, Obviously, you can get the candles there, but we do share the stories of the saints kind of on every single page. And one thing that we try to do is share things about the saints you might not know, things that might surprise you, little bits about their life that just really bring out their particular story. So, you know, if if you're not a candle person or, um, you know, you just want to kind of window shop, please check it out just for the stories of the saints alone but it's cordacandles.com yeah c-o-r-d-a which means hearts up Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. and uh real quick i (laughs) didn't realize you 
you have a Padre Pio candle. And it's coffee and sanctity. Am I right about that? <laughs> it is. How, um, how did you? I, I, I'm going to get that. He is my man. I mean, I love St. Francis, St. Anthony, but Padre Pio, man, he, he's my demon fighter. So uh, I'll be getting yeah. that candle from you. After we get off the air, I'm going to order it. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, to having it. Is that a newer one? Because I don't remember hearing about that. It was um, a limited edition for a while, so it is back available in stock for his feast day earlier this month. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. It's kind of one of everybody's favorites. Well, very good. Okay, Anna Camacho, best of luck to you. Keep up the great work. You're doing wonderful work for God and for people to enjoy the sense of saints as she said, courtacandles.com is where you can go to get those delicious candles. And don't go away. We have more in store on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 4th. Today we celebrate St. Francis of Assisi. People of all faiths and none hold today's saint in high esteem. Francis took the gospel literally. He joyfully followed all that Jesus said and did without limit and without self-importance. Born into a prosperous Italian merchant family in the late 12th century, Francis longed to be a knight. Serious illness brought the young man to see the emptiness of his life as a leader of Assisi's frolicking youth. Prayer ultimately led him to a self-emptying like that of Christ. Francis gave up every material thing he had, for a time, he was considered wildly eccentric, and yet his sincerity and inner peace attracted followers who desired to join him in a life of prayer and active preaching of the good news. Two years before his death in 1226, at age 44, Francis received the stigmata, the real and painful wounds of Christ, in his hands, feet, and side. Today, the Franciscan family encompasses congregations of men and women religious, third-order regular priests, and secular Franciscan men and women, all claiming St. Francis as their spiritual father. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. And it's time to hear about the latest issue of the Catholic Commentator, the official Catholic newspaper for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. We are joined this morning by Debbie Shelley. Debbie is the Associate Editor of the Catholic Commentator. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, good morning. We're so happy to have you with us this morning so we can review uh, what we will see in this weekend's edition of the newspaper. There are a few anniversaries that with articles that are being celebrated. So uh, let's start with Divine Time, the 25th anniversary of the Adoration Chapel at Immaculate Conception. Tell us more about that. Yes, um, as we know, it's a wonderful uh, Eucharistic um, revival going yes. on, and um, uh, I had the pleasure of being at um, Immaculate Conception's 25th anniversary, and um, mm. it, uh, some wonderful stories, um, uh, such as Randy and Brenda Fotno, they've been going for the past 25 years, wow. and um, 
they take their their Bibles, um, and just families have been recipients of their prayers, and um, also um, Father Matthew Graham at the um, they had a, a mass and, and dinner following. He issued the challenge that not to think of adoration as what am I going to do? People like to have their to do list yes. you know, programs, and he he said. Think of it as who am I going to see, oh. and it changes the whole whole perspective. So, wow. um, I'm very very enjoyable and um, uh, just uh, just an invitation for everyone to take opportunities. All our um, many of our church parishes have adoration opportunities either at the adoration chapel mm-hmm. or special adoration hours. Um, so uh, it's just an overall. Wonderful, wonderful. I love that we're talking so much about uh, Eucharistic adoration during this time of Eucharistic revival and really uh, meeting our Lord there uh, in the tabernacle or in the monstrance. So I'm looking forward to reading that article, Divine Time. Well, you know, I recently heard about uh, the St. Charbel Marianite Mass that is coming up this month. So let our listeners know about that. Yes, um, some of you may remember um, Father Alan Carr several yes. years ago was ordained a Maronite priest at St. George Church. Yes. And um, so there is going to be a wonderful St. Charbel Mass um, October 16th at St. Patrick. And um, there, Bishop, Emer- <coughs> Bishop Emeritus San Jacob, so the Diocese of Homo Thibodeau, is going to be the homeless, oh. and he's going to present a talk following the Mass. Okay, wonderful. And, um, <clears throat> for Alex and for me, the Maronite spirituality is more holistic than Roman spirituality. Okay. Um, and um, so it's, it's just a wonderful opportunity to learn more about the, the Maronite um, liturgy. Okay. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And we had a preview article of that as well. Oh, wonderful. Debbie, and so that Mass is at St. Patrick Church in Baton Rouge on October 16th. Did you have the time handy for our listeners? Um, well, we'll begin at 1 30. Okay. And then followed by a lunch. Okay. And um, there will be a Mass. And then after lunch, uh, Bishop Emeritus. Um, our Jacobs will give a give a talk. Okay, okay. Wonderful. That sounds like a wonderful opportunity uh, to learn no, more about the Marianites as well. So we'll look forward to that. And so so speaking of uh, the Eucharistic revival and adoration, we know our friends at Catholic Life TV at the diocese have been busy producing a few videos, I believe. So tell us about the one that you have an article about. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as uh, it was described in the article, Eucharistic adoration is perhaps the greatest gift the Catholic Church offers, mm-hmm. although adorers um, tend to spend private time with the Lord. And um, our own uh, Catholic Life TV director, Steve Lee, uh, will feature interviews with clergy, adorers, and others explaining adoration and how to pray while in this chapel. And uh, he said, I would like to show, um, hope the show invites people to spend some time with Jesus. He Mm. said, you spend in time with church as a community. This would be one-on-one time 
with Jesus. Yes. And uh, it was born of a conversation with his wife, uh, who is a fourth grade teacher in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And uh, they were discussing how adoration, you know, few people, um, young people do not know what it is or how to participate. Yes. So they um, discuss the importance of introducing it to children um, so it can come to the foundation of their spiritual life. Oh, wow. Um, and, he, you know, many people are anxious about what to do or how yes. to spend time. Yes. So um, this video will fe- feature a lot of that. Um, and it'll include, um, also include times and locations of Adoration Chapel. Wow, um, that's some of the cool. priests featured are going to be Father Matthew Graham, Father Miles Walsh, um, Father Matthew Dunn, and Daryl Dakota, director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life, will be the narrator. Wow, um, wow, that sounds wonderful. What a great resource to have all those uh, times and locations for Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wonderful to talk about introducing it to your children. We've been blessed at our at our children's elementary school every year uh, in their retreat. They mm-hmm. would go and visit the Adoration Chapel and learn a little bit more about how to be comfortable there because not everyone is. So um, looking forward to that video series from Catholic Life TV and reading more about it in the Catholic Commentator. Well, tell us about, we know that there, in 2019, there was a plane crash in Lafayette, and and the lone survivor. You have a story about the lone survivor of that, um, and the 50th anniversary of St. Jude Catholic Daughters. And I'm thinking that St. Jude in Lafayette. Um, yes. Well, may, many of you may remember the 2019 airplane crash yes, in Lafayette. Yes. Yes. And uh, Wade um Versa was one of those who walked away he was the lone survivor and um it actually helped bring him closer to the lord and he spoke about this to the catholic daughters um he he was committed to his catholic faith but it really wasn't deep part of his spirituality and um that morning um in december 28th they were heading to see lsu number one play oklahoma and in the Peach Bowl and the carefree day, the, the you know, they were um, teasing them about not bringing playing cards. Well, that changed 48 seconds later oh, with the crash, 80% burns on his body. And the whole survival um, was quite a traumatic time for him. But um, for you men who go to That Man Is You, he talked about how that played an important um, preparation for that time. Because it taught them about sacrificing for Jesus and offering up for Jesus. So that background helped him through that time. And it's just brought him into a much deeper faith. Um, So he's out proclaiming, offering up suffering and just being committed no matter what sacrifice you have to make so it's an inspirational message in the end it sounds like it looking forward to reading that article as well so we have some some busy rosary makers at our lady of mercy parish in baton rouge they're celebrating 30 years of making rosaries Mm -hmm. wow Um, that they're very they're very delightful group Tuesday mornings from uh, 8 30 11 30 they gather in the uh, mercy coffee shop and make rosaries uh, uh, spiritual bouquets of oh, creativity um, of all the rosaries they make and um, 
Uh, they, their rosaries go throughout the diocese and uh, the nation, the world. Uh, our missionary priests will bring them with them in the missionary fields. They've been to prisons, nursing oh, homes, no. uh, rehab, anyone who's in need, uh, women who have been to the abortion clinic and have changed their mind or no. need more time to think, uh, women in crisis pregnancy situations. So they've been... Um, the places only Jesus and Mary know about themselves, and it's uh, they thousands of rosaries every year. Wow! They produce and many requests, so um, they're they're always uh, and they love their muffins and coffee. <laughs> um, it's 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 a time of socialization as much, and they have a good time. Oh, they wonderful. took time to pray um, the our um, uh, our hurricane season protection oh, yes, uh, yes our lady perpetual health so there's yes. spirituality there wonderful group you're all invited uh tuesday mornings get uh just stop by the coffee shop or just call uh the our lady of mercy office okay i'll be glad to help wonderful and you can find all that contact information in this week's uh, edition of the catholic commentator in the diocese of baton rouge at uh, debbie shelley associate editor editor of the Catholic Commentator. Let our listeners know where they can pick up a copy or read the articles online. And that's news.diobr.org. And the, you can also find the Catholic Commentator in a number of retail outlets in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, as well in the back of churches. And I think uh, most of our Catholic schools have the Catholic Commentator in their offices. So Debbie Shelley, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Looking forward to reading all those wonderful articles. Uh, Sounds like a great addition. So, hey, stick around because Michael Acaldo, president and CEO of St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge, will join us and let us know what they've been up to. It's half past the hour on Wake Up. the only ones with good stuff you're listening to wake up on a tuesday morning so glad you could join us damian colado along with alicia quivito gabby smith and our good friend michael acaldo who is president and ceo of saint vincent de paul in baton rouge boy does he do good work too he's got a lot of good stuff going on michael good morning and welcome to wake up good morning it's always great to be with y'all y'all do such a great job spreading the gospel and getting the word out about great things in our diocese and throughout the gulf coast well you got a new campaign getting started and uh, it's already underway it's uh, to help support saint vincent de paul's dining room and you've got a couple of local big folks helping you out in the community as well so share with us about your your new campaign to the pantry yeah, to the pantry, WBRZ, great community partner with us, Associated Grocers, McDonald's, Valuzo Companies. Uh, they've all partnered together to help us, you know. Uh, through the pandemic, we didn't miss a meal mm-hmm. at the St. Vincent de Paul dining room. And, you know, just this past July, we celebrated our 40th anniversary of service wow, to the community. That's awesome. uh, since 1982. Wow. And, and yeah, it is wow. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we served over 7 million meals through those years. And uh, this year, we'll serve over a quarter of a million just this year. And uh, it's a remarkable. Uh, 
this is a remarkable accomplishment of people, men and women, that have come together to volunteer their time, their talent, and their treasure to really make sure that people who find themselves in uh, a situation of hunger have that alleviated, and they're there doing it every day, 365 days a year, and haven't missed a day in 40 years. Uh, it's just remarkable. And so to the pantry helps us. Uh, a lot of people don't realize the vast majority of food that we serve is donated. And so um, thanks to these great community partnerships and leaders and uh, doing outstanding work, they are collecting items and making a difference uh, not only uh, in collecting some of those critical items that we need, but also, you know, letting pe- public awareness, you know. Yeah. A lot of people think that we might get a check from here or there, uh, but w- really our support is private support and uh, people in the community that uh, maybe only want to are only able to give ten dollars a month or or a hundred dollars a quarter it really makes a difference a little goes a long way and uh, it's uh, to the pantry and that's a, exactly what's happening with the food is coming in and being utilized and uh, we're so excited about this partnership. Yeah, and it's, uh, again, good community effort all the way around. And, of course, you also have uh, the Sweet Dreams uh, uh, going on, and you've created a prayer to go along with that. But but tell folks what sh- Sweet Dreams really is. It's, it, it's not anything to do with fr- fudge brownies, if I'm correct <laughs> on that. You're you right. No, no, no fudge brownies involved, no doubt about it. But uh, it really, you know, um, it's, it's actually a, a group of our wonderful volunteers uh, over 20 years ago uh, when we were uh, expanding our shelters to provide services to mothers with children who were homeless, uh, came up with turning the nightmare of homelessness into sweet dreams. And mm-hmm. when you think of that from that perspective, that's a powerful, only volunteers that have their heart in the mission of our church can come up with something like that. And mm-hmm. so they they uh, did that over 20 years ago, and every October we try to get our word out about the sheltering and services we provide at St. Vincent de Paul. We're the leader in the whole capital region, not only the Baton Rouge area, but the the entire area. Somebody finds themselves in a situation of homelessness, uh, you know, in the northern part of the diocese, they come to us because we have those services and we provide those services every day of the year. And just like our dining room through the pandemic, we don't ever miss a meal. We're 24-7 facility at Sweet Greens, and we're providing such a difference to mothers and children and also yeah. couples that have children. It's, it's a full-service uh, shelter facility with, at the heart, the mission of the church and the gospel of, of, of making a difference to uh, last year, over 20,000 guest nights. This year, we'll do even more. That's awesome. Yeah, and as you say, and if you go to your website, you know, the street is no place to call home, you know, and especially for little ones, and you're doing such great work in regards to that. You guys have have even um, uh, created a prayer called uh, the Sweet Dreams Prayer. Would you share that with us? And if they want to get a copy of it after you say the prayer, tell folks where they can go to, to get a copy of that. 
Oh, thank you, Damien. Uh, volunteers again came up with this prayer, and it's a sweet dreams prayer, and it, it is, Lord, God, giver of life, fill us with your spirit. Use our hands to shelter the homeless. Use our hearts to enable sweet dreams. Use our voices to end homelessness. May our actions improve life for others and reflect your abundant love through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. And uh, again, it embodies who we are and what we do at St. Vincent de Paul Bishop on Sweet Green Shelter. And I can tell you that every year hundreds of children and mothers come through our facility and we're there to provide hope and a chance for tomorrow and right now with rent going up and utilities hmm. so high yeah we, we get a recognize as soon as a room opens up it's filled and uh I, I can tell you in my 33 years i think i mentioned this last last time i was on the radio i've never never been i've never seen a witness more mothers coming to us living out of their cars it's just Jeez. something that we're seeing um and uh so our response is so important so we encourage people to go to our website they can get the prayer on our website and support us uh, from a prayer perspective as well as whatever way they want to get involved volunteerism or you know financially it all goes to helping us make a response to those in need so uh, the work there is second to none and the volunteers are just phenomenal. That's awesome. And, Mike, in the final minute, I know you guys celebrated your annual St. Vincent de Paul Mass at the Cathedral on Sunday. Um, I, I didn't even know you all did that. I did, this is the first time hearing about it. Well, I, actually, we, we, uh, this is the first annual Mass that Bishop Duke has done. Uh, since the pandemic, okay, uh, but it has been uh, something that was has been going on, uh, whether it was Bishop Ott or Bishop Hughes or Bishop Munch, uh, they've all had an annual St. Vincent de Paul Mass this year. The Father Bainey uh, hosted the event with the bishop, and we had our annual Top Hat Award uh, uh, Hall of Fame induction. We inducted Miss Sue Chenever and Mr. Phil Bruder into our Top oh, really? Hat Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know uh, Phil. Yeah, Phil's a great (laughs) guy. He's been involved with the society since 1987. Phil actually went and took the uh, pharmacy technician exam and uh, uh, so that he could fill prescriptions under the the, uh, oversight of our pharmacist there at the pharmacy in Sioux Chenever. Uh, founded the St. Aloysius Conference with several others uh, and has been a member for many decades. So between the two of them, I think they've had like 60 or 70 years of service. Just great people making a difference. And the Top Hat uh, Award comes from our founder, Blessed Frederick Ozenam. And he, uh, when he founded the Society of St. Vincent de Paul in 1833 in Paris, France, he visited the poor wearing his top hat ah. and uh he he was a man of uh wealth education and distinction and uh the top hat symbolizes his humility and his desire to make a difference and go into the homes of the poor and live his faith by helping them with food clothing you name the need 
They and were doing it in 1833, and it continues today. Awesome. Michael, where do they go if they want to learn more about St. Vincent de Paul? Website, real quick. SPDPBR.org. And thank you, Danny. Thank you, ladies. It's always great being with y'all. Thank you. Michael Acaldo, St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge. Don't go away, folks. It's 45 after the hour on Wake Up. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. You're listening to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. Our next guest is Matthew Pinto. He's the founder of the Genesis Group, the creator of the Catholic Crypto Conference, and co-founder of the Theology of the Body Institute. And today he joins us to talk about the Catholic Crypto Conference 2022. Hey, Matt, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Gabby, it's good to be with you. Okay, I am so intrigued because when I got this press release, um, I'm a millennial. We're all about cryptocurrency and, and diving into it and figuring out what it is. And we're not too happy about what we're seeing right now. Uh, but this is really exciting. The Catholic Crypto Conference. Tell us a little bit about this and a Catholic perspective on cryptocurrency. Quite intriguing. Yes, yes. And Gabby, maybe even before we begin, when I use the word crypto, along with really many millions of people, it's actually a broader definition. It's not simply the monetary uh, definition. Uh, In a similar manner that the internet would be a catch-all phrase for so many other things underneath it, cryptocurrency combined with blockchain spawn something called Web3, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, decentralized finance, the metaverse, a whole host of things. And really the purpose of the conference is to see how these new technologies, similar to how the internet itself in 1995, uh, could have been looked at through the lens of the church and God willing could have been leveraged even more dramatically for the sake of the church and the gospel. So when I speak about cryptocurrency, it's, it's of course the financial aspect, but it's really so much more. This is quite interesting because I think this is the church moving with the modern world as far as this is becoming more and more popular and it's all over social media. You have all these people tweeting about it where things are making a change um, without giving too much away. But tell us a little bit about what you're covering in the conference because this is coming up on Thursday, November 17th. Yes, yes. So uh, what we're doing, Gabby, is we're putting in the same room for two days, 30 different speakers, uh, a little bit more actually, Uh, half from technology, finance, and cryptocurrency, and the other half Catholic philosophers, theologians, and pastoral associates. And the reason being is the church is in the world, as you alluded to, and we are called to be in the world. And at times we're called to go forth boldly, uh, pushing down fear, even if something is unknown. Why? Because if there is something good there, it can be, God willing, again, used for the sake of the church. And in developing this conference, we had really three goals. Uh, The first goal was offensive. The second goal we called defensive. And then the third was pragmatic. The offensive is, uh, can the church like it can use so many means, like the means you and I are using right now through telecommunications. Can the church use this for the sake of the gospel and for common good? Defensively, 
if there are nefarious actions potentially uh, included in this, as they are with any technology, the church should have a seat at the table so it can mitigate those misuses. And then the third reason, Gabby, really came up um, during this time of putting the conference together, I came to discover that there were many, many deeply committed Catholics at the highest levels of technology, finance, and in this instance, cryptocurrency. And so really our third goal is to bring those persons together, not only at the conference, but after. So we can begin to uh, work together, look at, look for each other's gifts, maybe hire each other so people of similar worldview are working together in secular settings. And uh, it's really, really playing out wonderfully. Okay, well, I saw a cryptocurrency ATM. I don't know if that's exactly what you would call it the other day. Um, but I know that okay. some NFL players are getting paid in crypto. But what do you see also? How can this help the church? Do you think that we could move in that way toward tithing and have that option? Or is there something deeper there? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's certainly one of the use cases. But there are other use cases as well. For example, uh, the church records, if you uh, are married or, or got married or will get married, the church needs to look back at your whether you were baptized. And, and uh, those records, for example, are kept often in paper form. Whereas something like that is perfectly conducive to putting on a blockchain, and a blockchain really can be an immutable, unchangeable record. You know, you and I believe what is bound on earth is mm -hmm. bound in heaven, but here on earth, yeah. if, if those records are, are uh, in, a, in a kind of vulnerable situation, well, technology can help us lock that down. So strangely, technology can help uh, in a certain sense, a, a practical sense, bind here on earth what is bound in heaven. But there are really many other use cases, and maybe the most dramatic, Gabby, is you know that if you post on Twitter or Facebook something that is contrary to the cultural narrative, you may get a thumbs down. You may get even canceled. Uh, there's something called yeah. decentral decentralization. Uh, the blockchain technology really can spawn for us uh, a whole host of new media companies where there would be no uh, authority over top of it to be able to give a thumbs down because the network is owned by the users. It's a distributed, decentralized network. So these are just a few of the use cases uh, that, that uh, we're already discovering. And, and really, since the conference, I've been approached uh, by people with probably a half dozen other things that, that I didn't think of and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. anyone thought of. Well, this is something new, I think, for all of us, too, and it can be quite confusing. So I'm glad that we did kind of discuss a little bit about this. So the Catholic Crypto Conference, it's happening. It is happening in uh, Pennsylvania. So is there like a uh, in November, is there like a virtual option to this or is it strictly on location? Yes. No, there is a virtual option. We're announcing it this week. We've received many, uh, many inquiries about that. We're going to have, we think we're going to have at least 250 people in person, which is pretty unique and special for a first year conference and especially such a unique mm -hmm. topic like this. But the online will also be available. And uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, I can give out a, a web address where people can find us. Yes, please. That would be great. So people can find us at Catholic Crypto conference.com catholiccryptoconference.com definitely take a look at that there's costs tickets ways to register and all of that information matthew pinto thank you so much for being with us today thank you gabby 
All right. Real quick, I want to give you the lineup for our Tuesday drive time, which is one week away. So Tuesday, uh, our drive time is Tuesday, October 11th through Thursday, October 13th. It's three days of on-air fundraising with guests from 7 to noon on all three of those days. So kicking us off for our drive time is Sister Dulcie Maria, of course. What a great way to kick off our drive time. Father Matthew Graham joins us. He's a pastor at Saint uh, at Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs. Deacon Kirk Duplantis from Our Lady of Mercy in Baton Rouge will also be joining us. Allison Millette from Women's New Life Clinic will be with us. And Judy Klein and Kitty Cleveland will close out day one of drive time. So that'll also be a great hour, great guests. And looking forward to tomorrow's lineup when we reveal that for Wednesday. So it'll be a great day, you guys. Yes, it will. Sounds like it for sure. And Mm -hmm. I won't be here to enjoy it with you. But uh, is Johnny coming Johnny, in? Tomorrow? Yeah, Johnny will, Johnny will be, here. be here tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to yeah. close out with our prayer to being in the feast day of St. Francis, one of my buds. We're going to pray the St. Francis prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, and to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Francis, pray Pray for for us. us. Pray for us. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Johnny Aber joins us with his gospel reflection. Lauren DeWitt and Terry Ellis joins us uh, to talk about their conversion to the Catholic faith. Dina Dow from the Diocese of Baton Rouge joins us and so much more. Have a great day. God Wake bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.